Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. We are your hosts, Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. And Bob, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about organization leadership with our friend Alex Caesar. Um, we had him on you know, earlier, I think, in season three, Sean, and he uh, is the CEO of Alex Caesar Ventures, and uh, he's revolutionizing businesses with biblical truths. He was uh, he played football at Texas A&M. He was an Aggie. And uh, he was the team captain, and he became a leader in, um, and he became a leader uh, with in the real estate business. But he's really found his calling to speak to people, uh, to churches, to schools, especially. And he's written a new book called Leader. It's a it's a thirty day devotional about biblical truths. You are going to love uh, talking to Alex again. Well, we're so glad Alex is with us. And I think one of the best things about him is that he's just had a baby and he has some God stories that are current right now, even with a leader book coming out and some of the things that have happened. And he's very young. He's in his late 20s or early 30s. So up next is Alex Caesar with Sean and Bob. My name is Sean Bowles. And I've created an incredible kit for you to use as your church or homeschool or even just home use. I want to encourage you to teach your kids how to hear from God. Our kit has a chapter book a workbook for kids, but there's also a teacher parent guide on how to use these tools to be powerful tools for your child to learn how to hear from God. On top of that, we have a brand new just released teaching series for parents about parenting your kids and the prophetic, how to teach your child how to hear from God. And that particular teaching series is good from anywhere from toddler all the way to teenager. We go through different aspects of how to hear God's voice and what to do when your child is hearing. Like how do you actually celebrate and record and teach them to really have victory in hearing God's voice and to live a lifestyle of that. So we have this incredible package put together for you right now. So make sure to get this offer today. Well, welcome back, Alex. We're so glad to have you back again. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So happy to be here for the second time. Uh, let's do it. Now, I love your energy and I love how you just, your story is amazing. You recently released a book, which we'll talk about later, because I think it's so worthy of your story to have that culture you talk about come out in a written form, which is so good. But tell us like what's been happening recently, because we had you on and we said, we want to have you back on yes. when the book comes out, because you are somebody who I believe just you, you have something of God in you that changes the way people think and their kind of internal processor. So what happened recently? Yes. So uh, first and foremost, and I, I forgot to mention this pre-show, uh, my wife had a baby. So, yes, yes. So I have joined the fatherhood gang. Uh, she was born on July 1st. The greatest thing outside of my salvation I've ever experienced. Oh, I, um, I, I did not know. I heard about it, but I did not know that you could love something so much so instantly. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, that baby girl came out and it was just like, wow, like it's just, it's unexplainable. Uh, so that's one big thing that's happened in my life. So sleep has been a lot different than you to be. <laughs> <laughs> but I would not change it for the world. Um, the other thing is that career speaking books that has really taken off. And honestly, I can't even take all of the credit for it. Gosh, it's been orchestrating some moves in my life. So I spent most of August on stages at different mm-hmm. school districts speaking and pouring back into educators, as well as like sports programs and places you may know, like Texas A&M football and things like that. But man, just recently, actually, uh, was it two days ago, three days ago, I received a call uh, on a Saturday. I was getting the baby ready for bed and we can dive into the story, but the short of it is I ended up on a stage in front of a hundred plus school districts with a 10 hour notice. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, no, I think it's because I, I like the story because I think one of the things you've been asking God, like, is how can, how can we impact more of these teachers in these school right. districts? And so how can we actually go after, and I think when you're thinking vastly and every business leader thinks vastly, but you're thinking vastly with a God intention to it. So God, how can this happen? And you've surrendered your process to him. You're obviously a charismatic guy. You could be successful in whatever you do, but you've said, God, you lead. And so all of a sudden he gets you like their keynote had canceled. And so they called you at the last minute. Yeah. And I think this is a huge story. It's a huge win for you since we've last talked to you, because these are the kinds of doors that God opens when you're, when you follow them that you just cannot get through yourself. It's like, it's ways narrow. And then all of a sudden it's real wide. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So 9 PM on a Saturday, uh, getting the baby dressed for bedtime, getting ready to go take a bath. And I get a call and it is from my high school. So this kind of goes into treating people well mm-hmm. from my high school activities director. I've been honest, I'm, my class reunion is this year, uh, actually this weekend. So I've been oh, out of wow. high school for 10 years, uh, So, uh, which may not sound like a lot to some people, but a lot to me. Yeah. She calls me. She says, hey, I have a huge opportunity. I said, what's going on? She said, are you preaching anywhere tomorrow? I said, no, ma'am. She said, uh, can you be in San Marcos, which is about two hours away from my house? by 9 a.m., basically on stage by 9 a.m. So I arrived at 7 a.m. on stage at 9 a.m., presenting to 100 plus school districts, over 300 people uh, from all over the state of Texas. And I'd ask my wife, who's an educator, like, how do I get into that room? Because I've been speaking at schools and you speak to one school, it always leads to another one. But if you can speak to 100 schools at once, that's a game changer uh, for a speaking career. And the lady, their speaker got sick, couldn't get on the flight, they called me, uh, and the rest is history, as they say. But that comes from being faithful in the few things. Uh, so oh, I love this. Matthew, Matthew 25, it's like, how can I steward what God has put in my charge well? And then those doors begin to open. So it was just a total God moment. I was this, Bob, because I just did on my other show, we talked about school districts and how mm-hmm. there's been some good conservative wins in the sense of people impacting, influencing them. But we don't always hear the God story. So we hear maybe some political stories here and there. Right. But the God story of like God sent you in as like a stealth missile to really help culturize people. I mean, your whole message is like brands people's hearts with honor and dignity and culturization and like teaching people. So I just I love this so much because I think we I, this is why I love doing the show is because you you got to go there and people get to hear like God is sending people to the school district. It's the same school districts that you might be afraid of sending your kids to because you're are they safe? Are they good? Well, God right. has a lot of God's working. God's doing a ton. So I just love that so much. Absolutely. Alex, Alex, what were you able to share with this group? Yes. So I'm on the phone in the parking lot of Tiff's Treats. So I'll tell you why. 
I get the call and it's not confirmed yet. I had to talk to the head person. So it was about 1030, I believe, when I was actually able to talk to her. But before that, I go to my office, get my flash drive. I'm going to create a custom presentation tonight uh, for this specific group. And I stopped by Tiff's Treat so I could get my wife a chocolate chip cookie because I knew leaving her on a short notice, she loves cookies. That's my negotiating <laughs> point. So I bring my wife some cookies. And while I'm on the phone with the director, she says, I said, what do you need? Like, what's the message you want to portray to the audience? Because when I speak, I'm not there to make a sound. I'm there to affect change. So what's the problem that needs to be solved? Here's what she said. We're tired. We're overworked. We're burnt out. And we're quitting. I said, say less. I know exactly what you need. Wow. So my message was the impact and the importance of education. So not only knowing what to do and how to do it, but the why behind what you do. So I talked about how you can go into telling the story of the, the brick mason versus the cathedral builder. You can go into work and say, man, this is, this is hard. This is monotonous. But understanding that one day, maybe that student that's kind of hard-headed may turn into the guy on the stage, may turn into the doctor that operates on your heart. So being able to see how the methodology that you go through and the, uh, the motions you go through every day play into accomplishing the mission, being able to see how the routines that you deal with every single day have a reason behind them, being able to understand that the procedures you go through day in and day out have a purpose behind them. So that was a message I was able to give to all of those educators and help to paint the picture of Alex started off this way. Now he's the guy giving the speech on stage. Mm -hmm. And that only happens because of people like you. So really helping wow. them see that grand cathedral that yeah. they're working on when it seems monotonous, like you're just laying the bricks every single day. And they do a lot of thankless work with their name, not in lights at all. Um, so yeah. I was really an appreciation and also painting the picture of what's to come if they continue to water that seed, continue to show up every single day. I would assume that giving them the big picture, re-envisioning them, giving them courage and hope. It, I, I know that about you is that <clears throat> that is your main message is absolutely courage and hope. And I'm sure it was just a hit. Yeah. So a little testimony there. Um, I can't say that one. So <laughs> there were some very great things said. Um, but one in particular was that there was a lady in the audience. And the person who invited me said, hey, this is going to be the bar. And I'm always speaking to the audience of one when it comes to me being, uh, if the speech was did what it was supposed to do, like ultimately I'm pleasing God. Like I'm there to affect change, to solve a problem. But ultimately he gets to say, no matter how loud the applause may be, if the speech was what it was supposed to be. But there was a lady and she says, hey, this lady is a very tough critic. She doesn't enjoy any speeches. She hates those sessions. If she enjoyed it, like something happened. 30 seconds later, this lady walks around the corner and without walking up to the other lady next to me, she walks directly up to me, says, hey, I normally don't enjoy anything. I was engaged the whole time. And that mm -hmm. was amazing. And I just kind of smiled and looked at her and like we knew we had just talked about that lady which was just like a total God thing because I can say the words, but only God can change the hearts of people. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I just love you're in the space because again, teachers, I was listening to a teacher in a retirement party. I think it was last year. And she said, teaching is the ultimate delayed gratification career. Because in other careers you get, you, you see like in sales, you see the win, you know, the next week, the next month, she goes teaching, you don't see it for 30 years. 
yeah. and I've been in for 50 and I started to see it and I stayed in it because I so enjoyed seeing the wins. I saw my kindergartners come back to me and tell me what I did made a difference. Yeah, and I just think like, you know, not many people in this generation where it's all about getting that quick win could even stay in very long because yeah. there's so many problems in the education system, yeah. but it must be so encouraging. On this, like, talk about your career for those who didn't hear you the first time on our show. Talk about what you do and talk about why you do it. Yeah, so I'll go back just a little bit for you know those that didn't hear the first time. But uh, played football at AM, got an engineering degree, went into the engineering field. Um, shortly thereafter, received a call from a guy that met in his backyard while fishing. Thank you. And a conversation turned into a friendship, a mentorship, a partnership. Purchased about 340 units, became the president of a real estate management company that he owned before we met. Uh, so he's 30, you know, 30 plus years in the game and scaled that company, built it up, eventually sold it back to him and began speaking and consulting full time. So I spend most of my time on stages speaking to educators, uh, sports programs and leaders of organizations. Uh, so in particular, what I talk about, whether it's corporate training, we're normally focused on leadership and culture. Uh, and if it's education, we're focused on teaching students how to accomplish things they want to, as well as inspiring educators that the students that you teach can turn into the thing that you want them to. Uh, so that's kind of in a nutshell what Alex does. <laughs> it's awesome nutshell. Yeah. What is your passion, Alex? You you talked a little briefly about you built a business uh, with real estate units and and this mentor that you have. Um, you were able to work with him mm -hmm. and then disengage with him with honor, right? And. I believe you're still in the same office yes. Uh, yes, with him. And how is that relationship? Because lots of our viewers and listeners have been through breakups with partnerships or, or, you know, with employers and they never wow. talked to him again. How did you, how did you do that? So first off, it was an act of God. Um, <laughs> because for me to sit here and, you know, say, Oh, Alex is perfect. And it was a smooth transition. 99% of it was, but there was a 1% that I had to kind of step back and really kind of check myself, so to speak, Yeah, because it didn't end like either of us thought it would. Uh, the original plan was I would stay there, quote unquote, forever and take over for him. That didn't happen that way. He wasn't ready to transition out fully uh, financially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I have reached a point to where I had done everything in the company you know, I'm in my 20s. Everyone's asking me questions. I wanted to grow some more in life. So when that conversation happened initially, it kind of was a sour taste on, man, this didn't end the way I expected it to. But very quickly, it turned into gratitude, which was I'm not here without his, uh, his role in trusting me to become the president of his company at 24. Uh, I'm not here without this guy being willing to meet a guy on his back porch and say, hey, learn some more. Come into my office. I lived with him and his wife for two months before I bought a house when I moved back to town. So for me to take one moment and overshadow all of that just would have been completely inappropriate. Uh, so I knew that it was a God move for me to leave. So to leave with any animosity at all, just it wouldn't have been appropriate. Um, so we are the best of friends today. Um, and he supports me in everything I'm doing. He knows that he can call me at any time. If the company has a question, they don't know the answer to, 
so it's been just amazing. Um, I, I don't, you know, the old cliche quote, don't, don't burn a bridge, but that's just yeah. how I try to live my life is treat everyone with respect and see people's best intentions. Sometimes words come across uh-huh. and I may perceive it one way and he meant it a totally different way. So, well, I think in these first two stories, you, you know, your high school, uh, the person from high school called you. So you must have left a good impression on them. And then you met this man and worked with him and left in a way that uh, caused a relationship. And I think we can all learn from that. I, I don't typically like the term don't burn bridges, but, but at the end of the day, um, you know, let your character shine before men, which is what you're doing and what you're continuing to do, which is amazing as you continue to get on stages. Yes, sir. I think of just the kind of going to the speaking arena because it's such a volatile and different and ever-changing arena, meaning volatile not, it may sound like a negative word, but it just means that it erupts with somebody and then they kind of die down and it erupts with somebody else and they die down right. in any of the spaces that we've had a lot of coaches on, even this show, or a lot of people who are speakers in the show. And it feels like it's a, it's a hard thing to do sustainably. One right. of the things I love that you've done is you've come in for, with some real solutions for organizations and it's not just the broad but you've actually been specific like you said right. like for um education departments and for sports uh you know uh organizations and those kinds of things but talk about this like what what gave you the passion to pursue those two areas of interest specifically right now and i know it can evolve again yeah. but this is like and especially because you're so young i mean compared to me and bob you're so young <laughs> which i love because we need that fresh voice we need the People need just like you just encourage these um, teachers or these educators, mm-hmm. or the you know the people need the fresh wind to come in and remind us of who we are. Yeah. But what what was the driver behind going after these kinds of spaces? Yeah, in one word, impact. Um, so whenever I stand on a stage, like I'm not just preaching purpose, I'm living purpose. So everything in my life that I can you know rattle off on the resume was in part due to purpose. So even when I was playing football, I'm the smallest guy on the field, jumping around, energetic, you know, starting as a true (laughs) freshman in the SEC. And I was asked the question, like, Alex, what is it? Like, why do you play so passionately? Like, where does that come from? And my answer was this, and this is the same answer I have right now in every arena I walk into, which is I play for the name on my chest, the name on my back, the name of my heart. For those unfamiliar with the jersey, the name on my chest was Texas a University at the time, which represents, represents my horns. So everyone who impacted me, every person that believed in me, when I stepped on the field, I was a representation of them. So that's my community. The second thing was the name on my back, which was my family name. Things like good, better, best, never let it rest until your good is better and your better best. Talk to me <laughs> about my great grandmother. So when I step on a stage, when I step on the field, I'm a representation of that mm-hmm. family name. And then last to the name of my heart, which is this, my relationship with my creator, my relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm not here to preach to you, but whatever you may believe in, I had that relationship. I made a vow that whatever my hand would find to do, I would do it with my might. So that's why I operate the way I operate. It's driven by purpose. When I read stats like 300, I think in 56,000 students have experienced gun violence since Columbine, like that is a problem. And that drives me, that problem drives me into purpose. When I read stats about teacher burnout and how many people are leaving the education field and how sometimes our states don't step up and do what they're supposed to, that's a purpose that drives me. So that's my motivation for stepping on a stage. When I see leadership not do what leadership's supposed to do, 
that drives me to teach about leadership and help leaders be the leaders that their people need. That's why I do what I do. That's amazing. Well, talk to us. Let's talk about as we, you know, begin to wrap up this interview. Let's talk about your book. What? Wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> I know it goes fast. It goes so fast. I'm excited just to hear it, that people got to hear. Yeah. Because I think it's so refreshing. But yeah, we got to hear about this book because you just we told you when you back on yes. yeah. when you published and it's it's out. People can get it. So talk about it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll go back to what we just talked about, which is purpose. There was no reason for me to write a book without a purpose behind it. There are many books you can read. So for me, I had to be driven by something to write this book. Uh, and I have a couple of them on the shelf, but I, this one in particular was written for people in positions of leadership. I wanted to bridge the gap between what I call Sunday morning inspiration and Monday morning implementation. Mm. So the way the book is broken down, you have a couple of different sections. So every day, the devotional, you have information, which is a short story, the devotional that we're all familiar with. You have application, which is how is this applicable to my life? You have supplication, who better to communicate than with the God who created the universe? And then lastly, you have implementation, which is like a thought provoking journaling prompt. No two books will be the same because we all have a different implementation to our personal leadership styles, but it urges you to think about, to contemplate, how can I implement this lesson into my own personal leadership style? So that was kind of the track I took is how can we take this source, this source of truth, the Bible that we have and show leaders that may not even have a biblical background, yeah. how impactful and how powerful it can be in your business. So I, when you think about ministry, it's much harder to walk up to someone who doesn't know anything about Jesus Christ and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. But when I can use something like the Bible and meet you where you are in the marketplace, I think you both know something about that, in the marketplace, meet you where you are and show you how this word, how this truth can impact your business, you're going to say, tell me more. Well, Alex, I read the book and... I was I was I was struck by the amount of wisdom that you have for in such a young age. And I when I finished reading it, I thought, this is going to be a great tool for anybody leading anything, whether it's a ministry, whether it's a business, whether it's a team, whether it's a family. Because uh, like you said, you break it down into sections and you have a story that is really applicable great Bible verses and, uh, and thought provoking questions to that people who love to journal and love to think will, right. will, up, will take it applied. And it only takes, you know, a few minutes a day. Absolutely. So I think, talk to us about one of your favorite stories uh, or, or any feedback that you might've had one of your favorite stories in the book. Yeah. So man, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about this because I think a lot of people in leadership struggle with how to do this well. Um, day one, the word of the day is delegate. And I think, especially for a kind of like high D driven type A personalities. <laughs> That's my favorite struggle, word, just so you know. <laughs> we struggle to delegate because yeah. we all think I can do it better. Right. So instead of having like a temporary reduction in performance, We'd rather continue to do it ourselves and we can't ever scale. 
we can't ever develop anyone else unless we're willing to kind of relinquish some things. Yeah. So it comes from Exodus yeah. chapter 18. I'll be brief. Essentially what happens in this passage is Moses is having an encounter with his father-in-law Jethro on a bring your dad to work day. <laughs> Jethro observes him and he goes, Moses, you have a problem. What you are doing is all wrong. And then he gives him, so he identifies the problem, which is Moses is stressed out. Moses is doing everything himself. And he says, <laughs> so now we have a problem. He's now <laughs> old school. Let me learn you something, boy. So he tells him <laughs> how to do it the right way. He says, you need to find competent, capable people yep. that are God-fearing and trustworthy and appoint them as officials over hundreds, thousands, fifties, and tens. So from that, I kind of reduced it down to the three C's of hiring. Number one, you have to find competent people. A lot of Christians, we sometimes make the mistake of hiring people because they're Christian. No, you have to be competent as well. So are you able to do this job with excellence, competency? Number two would be character, God-fearing and trustworthy men and women. So we can't just hire someone who's a high performer, but doesn't have the right character. So make sure they have the character that fits your culture. And lastly, capacity. Not everyone is meant to handle the same load. Mm -hmm. He's the point. Some over thousands, some over hundreds, some over 50, some over tens. Being able to appoint people to the right capacity requires us as leaders to be aware of that person's capability. We've watched, we've yeah. listened, we saw what they're able to handle, and we appoint them right person, right seat, right time. So uh, competency, character, and lastly, capacity. So it's just one uh, example yeah. of the many examples in the book that I just love oh, and so good. have impacted me. So yeah. it's amazing. Well, Alex, they're in our healing right then. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, where uh, first of all, where can where can people find you, and where can they find the book? Tell us. Yes, all so alexcaesar.com. My last name is probably the most weird spelling of Caesar. S e z e r. So alexcaesar.com. You can find me there. You'll see my email on my on my website, and then the books tab, and probably the front front page as well. You'll be able to find how you can get the book. Uh, and then everybody knows about Amazon. If you're an Amazon person, it's available there as well. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know people are going to get the book. And also, I think there's a lot of people who are um, of different ages, but especially the younger generation in 20s, 30s, starting out, and they listen to someone like you, and they're like, yeah, he's got it. I, that's what I got in me. And I just think it's so inspirational when you can not only be someone's on the stage as a speaker, but tell the behind the scenes story of how you had to walk out some of the yeah. stuff and how God's walked it out with you and even for you. So thanks for being on. And for those of you watching, up next, we have final thoughts with Sean and Bob. I'm Sean Bowles, and I'm going to invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online, where you can attend a four-week class or an event every month. Plus, our back catalog is available to you as well on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice, and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with Him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to BowlesMinistries.com and clicking on the Academy button. Welcome back to Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. Sean, he's such an engaging personality, isn't he? Yes, I mean, you're in your 20s and you're like speaking to school boards, speaking right. at Texas A&M, like coaching the world. And, you know, a CEO of a real estate company, you're coming into that and then like left that to do this speaking career. I just think like how many people are kind of emerging young in leadership and influence and authority in this generation? It gives me a lot of hope. Gives me a lot of hope too. And, and the thing that I love that he's speaking about is, is giving people courage through, through his passion. 
and mm-hmm. and you can see it just runs right through him the passion for the for the lord which allows him to communicate to people in ways that um in ways that they can take and i and i think you know about that uh, testimony that he had about the lady who doesn't like going to conferences. And I could relate yeah. because I don't like that stuff either. That's <laughs> no, so true. But, um, <laughs> That's why when you first told me you liked my message, I knew it was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were my fact, her. <laughs> yeah. That, that she came up and said, like, she really got a lot out of it means, means a lot. And, yeah. and I think he's, he has that, enthusiasm that's infectious and that's part of what of about being a young person that i see when you see enthusiasm like that as someone who's older um sometimes we we make things really complicated and we lose our enthusiasm or our joy because of all these things we've been through but at the end of the day it's not that complicated is it it's the joy of the lord and if we can simplify our lives back to listening to the Lord and experiencing joy, you know, we're, we're going to have, we're going to have interesting things happening. Yeah. I want to also take it in another direction too, Bob, because you brought it up in the interview, you highlighted this with several people lately. And I thought it was interesting where you talked about the faithfulness they had to be a person of character with certain relationships yeah. and they left those relationships well, and then those came back around to serve them. Yeah, and it's happened with you at different times. Like I remember the one painting contract for you, you know, work with the guy long-term, even though he wasn't paying you fairly in the beginning, but you guys, you just could see the vision of the future to honor him. And I just think that I've had those opportunities come around many times yeah. because I was just, I was, I showed up and I was faithful and I served and I, mm-hmm. and I loved and I connected. And, and I feel like, you know, this part of my life is really a byproduct of the fruit of 25 years of serving my guts out and just mm-hmm. loving people and being, being present, being there when people are like, there's no one ever here. And they're like, Oh, but Sean will show up for everything, you know, for these guys. And I feel like that faithfulness thing is something that's not as highlighted in this generation of business. And it's easy to get another opportunity that pays better, but it's not necessarily more fulfilling. And we're seeing that over and over as people are coming into purpose crisis because they may get better opportunities or they may be able to transfer quick or they may be able to, I can quit that anytime I want to. But the reality is that that doesn't bring you happiness and it doesn't bring fulfillment long-term. So I thought that was really cool for him to tell those stories and for us to hi- be able to highlight that. Yeah, I, I think being faithful, being a man of your word, having incredible character, um, leaving someplace better than you found it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he, he does all those things. And I think as believers, that's something, um, a mandate that we have is to leave things better than uh, where we found it. And that's what you're talking about, by being faithful, by showing up every day, by serving, by putting one foot in front of the other, by not looking to hit uh, hit it out of the park for yourself, you know, too quickly. Um, it, it's all, it all adds up and comes yeah. back. And it came back to Alex with this new, new thing with the school boards. That's so true. Well, I love this episode. And if you like this episode too, or if you've been a long-term listener to explore the marketplace, or maybe this is your first time, we want to take a virtual offering. I don't know if you know this, but a ministry supports us, which is our ministry, Bulls Ministries, to make these episodes each and every week, whether it's on CBN News Channel, whether it's on podcasts, or you see the clips online. I want to encourage you to give a virtual donation by going to bullsministries.com and click that give or donate button. And this is going to go into supporting this show being made so that we can keep going we're in our fourth season. We're going to go, we're going to keep going. And we, we have so many people and guests in store for you. So I hope that you will go on the journey with us 
by either becoming a partner, giving residually, or one-time donation. We love doing life with you guys, and we'll see you next time in Exploring the Marketplace. See you next time. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace with us. We have amazing resources for you at our website with free videos, take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.